The Productive Woman, Episode 245. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome back and welcome if you're new here. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I am delighted to share with you my conversation with fashion designer, adjunct professor, wife, and mom, Nina Means. You'll find more information about Nina along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 245. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of my most indispensable and favorite productivity tools. It's one of the first things I load onto any new computer or mobile device that I get. And I use it countless times each day to save time, get my work done more efficiently, and avoid typos. Text Expander 6.5 for Mac OS and 2.0 for Windows sports a new visual editor for snippets. The new editor makes it easier to see and edit snippets fill-ins, dates and date math, nested snippets, and even more. You can insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and more with just a couple of key clicks everywhere you type. Take control of your time and productivity by letting Text Expander handle your repetitive typing tasks. And if you love telling everybody about Text Expander the way I do, you can join their affiliate program to learn a little extra cash. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander and to get 20% off your first year. And be sure to let them know the productive woman sent you. Now let's get right into my conversation with Nina Means. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Nina Means. Nina is a fashion designer with her own line of women's clothing under her own label, and she's the director of the Austin Community College Fashion Incubator, where she's developing a real-to-industry experience that provides students and fashion startups with the necessary educational experience and technology exposure to work efficiently in the fashion industry. Nina lives with her husband and their little boy in Central Texas, and I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Nina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a delight to have you. We had a fun little chat before we started recording, and uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about you. And to that point, I shared a little bit about what you're doing, but How about if you start by telling us a little more about who you are, what you do, where you are, whatever you think would be helpful for us to know about as we get into this conversation about productivity and making a life that matters? Sure. Um, You know, uh, my husband and I relocated to Central Texas about three years ago, and um, my life has kind of taken a few different turns that were not necessarily planned, but, you know, I think everything kind of works together um, the way that it should, and you get experiences and opportunities to do things that you didn't expect. So right now, my daily life is, you know, I'm a mom and a wife, and my 
my day job is working as this director for the fashion incubator here in Austin. It's a brand new program. It's never existed before um, in this area. And uh, they felt like they just needed some support to develop um, a program that would support this kind of growth area for Austin. There's a lot of fashion going on here, but not a lot of resources to support the development. So we're building that. Um, you know, I actually just dropped off my little one this morning um, at daycare. And, you know, his experience leaving mommy is always uh, a tricky one. So sometimes we have a good day, sometimes not such a good day. This morning wasn't the easiest drop off. Um, but, uh, but, you know, these are just kind of things that are part of, you know, working and momming and wifing and trying to do all the things together. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, the there's there's always a people want to kind of nail down kind of what a typical day is but um everybody knows that every day is different so i try to make sure to keep my day you know leaving on time and picking up my son spending time with him and turning off the emails then i get a little bit of time for me and my husband before we turn in so we do the best we can and that's kind of a day in the life looks like for me right now i'm designing but not as much as i was before with the full-time job and the baby, but I am looking at building some more pieces into my collection and relaunching those things uh, toward the end of this year, early next year. Well, that's pretty cool. And so I, I enjoyed looking at the website. I'll be sure and share a link to your website in the oh, show thank notes. You. Yeah, you've got some really pretty clothes there. I, uh, thank you. <laughs> And I understand from looking at your website and some of the information you sent me that you kind of came to fashion design in a roundabout way or from a completely different life. You talk about that a little bit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. I started in public health. You know, I grew up in North Carolina, uh, Durham. It's a, the city of medicine is what my, my t- the town that I grew up in was called. And it's um, a lot of research, a lot of engineers, a lot of doctors scientist. And so when I said I wanted to go into fashion design, no one really understood what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, or public health, maybe they're like, oh, we know what that means. Okay. (laughs) So um, so I wound up doing plan B first. So I did my undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill and I started working um, in bilingual patient services. So I was, you know, interpreting for doctors and nurses, but I I couldn't do but so much until I went for my master's degree. So I went and got a master's in public health and I wanted uh, working in like international health metrics and um, domestic breast cancer issues. And I did a lot of different kinds of work um, in Washington, D.C., matter of fact, and I, I enjoyed it. Like I really liked what I was doing, but I had always wanted to know what would happen if I actually pursued fashion. And so it was I was public health was going great. And they, you know, kind of on the opportunity to either keep moving up, you know, directorships and running programs or taking a step away from that just to see what would happen. And I was afraid I was going to get too comfortable mm-hmm. if I if I stayed where I was, you know, to take the risk. So I said, well, before things go too well, um, <laughs> which sounds a little funny to say, let me explore this. You know, if I'm if I'm horrible at it, I have, you know, the the contacts in my current industry to get back into work. But if I succeed, I get a chance to do something that I'm really passionate about. And I'm so glad I did. It just felt like it was where I was supposed to be all along. And a lot of those opportunities opened up in a way that I really couldn't have imagined. So I I designed for Rebecca um, American Eagle Outfitters. 
uh, H by Halston for QVC. So I'd go to QVC studios once a month from our New York office. And it was just like a regular part of my life. And I, and I really enjoyed it, you know? And so when my husband and I made the decision to come to Austin, um, I was still, my career was still going very well in New York. And so as a quilt, I would like to continue to design. I'm just not really sure how to do that in Texas. And so that's where my label came from, mm. was creating a line that allowed me to continue to do what, you know, I kind of put everything on the line for. And so as a quilt, I'm not giving this up. I'm just going to do it a different way. And it really worked out. I got to uh, put my clothes in a couple of stores here in Austin and online. And I taught at Art Institute. So I was a professor while I was also working on my collection. And things have really kind of come together in a way that I really couldn't have expected. But I definitely worked hard for. I was definitely trying to (laughs) pull all the pieces together. Yeah, no doubt. And so how long were you in uh, the public health arena before you made the shift over to, uh, to fashion? I think about seven years. Yeah. yeah, about seven or eight years I was doing that on varying levels um, prior to my master's and as I was getting that credentialing um, in Washington. Yeah. So what would you say to a woman who's listening, who's maybe thinking, you know, I've, I've gone down this career path, I'm doing all right here, I'm successful, I, I enjoy it, but it's not where my heart is. My, you know, my heart is somewhere else. Uh, it, but it's a little scary to give up this known quantity to, to go after my dream. What would you say to her? You know, I think your regrets are going to be louder than your comfort. Mm. And I think that if you want to be comfortable, don't feel bad for that. You know, if your comfort is more important than that, then don't feel bad about it. But if you absolutely need to find out where something goes, you only live once and your time is precious. And so there's not, there's never a time where you can't start something new. Yeah, that is so true. You know, I was, I was in my mid thirties when I went to law school. You know, something that I had thought about when I was in high school, but thought it wasn't really an option for me. So I went a different Mm -hmm. route. And then, you know, and I wasn't the oldest person in my law school class. Right, exactly. So there's never a time when you have to say no. You know, you have to always, if if it's in there, you have to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you did that. It was, uh, it was scary. It was in a lot of ways. But and as I imagine, it it was for you to sort of make that leap from a a successful career that people understood into your, (laughs) into you're going to do what? (laughs) They're like, is there any money in that? I was like, well, we're all clothes. I think, I think someone's buying clothes. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll someone's find buying. out. We'll yeah, find exactly. out if there's money in it. Well, that's pretty yeah. cool. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, you mentioned the idea of the typical day. And you talked a little bit about what your days look like. But can you walk us through what an average day might be, a typical day, if if there is such a thing? Okay, like literally from like, when I get up to sure, leave. yeah. What routines do you have? What processes do you? Sure. Yeah. So I think that my day actually starts off with my night. So if I set my night up well, my morning goes much smoother. So I'll tell you what I do to make sure my morning goes well. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, great. So um, it normally starts right after the baby goes to sleep, um, around seven or seven thirty, 
And um, if I make sure that all of his bottles are washed and prepared for the next day, and if I go so far as to even pack our lunches, the morning is like a breeze. It's like so much easier. (laughs) And if I have a general idea, like what he's wearing, what I'm wearing, that also makes it a lot easier. I know some people do the whole thing where they like pick out all the clothes for the week every single week. I'm not her. I've tried to be. I've definitely moved the needle to a little bit more preparation on that front. But I think that if I can just get my mindset the night before about what we're doing in the morning, it makes it a lot easier. So I get up around 5.30 in the morning. I get myself together. And then around 6.15, I take a warm bottle upstairs to go wake up my baby. My husband and I take turns on this. So I'm not going to act like superwoman where I do it all by myself every single day. Definitely, if you have someone who wants to help, let them. I'm learning to let go of the reins on that. But I love morning cuddles. So for me, it's like I'm motivated. (laughs) Um, So I get up there. I get my morning cuddles. We have a bottle. Get them dressed for the day. Um, We're getting faster. It used to take me like a really long time to get him dressed because like I was worried about his fingers and like all that (laughs) stuff. It took me forever to get him dressed. And he's like trying to be patient, but he's kind of like not cool with the whole thing. And I'm like, okay, we'll get this together. Mommy, mommy's learning. It's my first kid. I am making all the new mom mistakes. It's whatever. So I get him ready. Um, He's got like anemia and needs like vitamin D. Apparently that's what kids take now. And so there's like all these things to remember to like, don't forget the vitamin D and don't forget the iron and don't forget this. And so I'm just trying to be a good mom and remember the stuff. I don't always remember, but I try. And then my husband normally drops them off 7 a.m. They're out the door. And then I kind of trail out another 15 and 20 minutes later. I get to the office around 8, 830 in the morning, um, sometimes 830, 9 o'clock in the morning, um, depending on traffic. And I try to structure my day around not just urgent things, but really the, like the most core important things. I'm building a program that hasn't existed at the college before. And so there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of existing practices and change management and things that are happening while trying to pull all the pieces together for this program. So it's a lot of external engagement and brand building, but also a lot of internal stakeholder bringing everyone alongside of the vision. And so there's a lot of things happening. And then simultaneously, I brought on a new team. So I just hired two coordinators who are exceptional women at what they do. They're very talented and I have a lot of confidence in them. And so I utilize them as heavily as I possibly can and delegate as much as I possibly can because they're capable people. So during my day, it's doing emails and meeting with designers and residents. I'm talking with future students. I talk with local brands. I talk to national brands um, about sponsorship and collaboration. I work with our city partners. City of Austin was actually an instrumental part about building this program. So I do a lot of work with my stakeholders at the city um, for economic development. I give guidance and consultation for international delegations. I just had a group of designers from Egypt here. Mm. Actually, yesterday we did an event for National Small Business Week, and we had about 75 people here to listen to a panel on various parts of the industry. And so I'd had a group of women who traveled from Egypt, and the city was actually taking them around to visit boutiques and store and um, see customers. And and so we were on their stop of places to go. And so it was one of those things that was... uh, you know, my day is varied, but those are the kinds of things that I do during the day. And then one of the things that I've promised myself, because 
it's really important for me to get time with my son before he goes to sleep is that I have to leave the office at five Mm -hmm. and everyone knows it. And I don't schedule meetings after a certain time of the day. If the meeting has to be over by four, like, because I need an, an hour to pull myself together and figure out what's happening the next day. And so I leave at five, no later than 5.15 to go get my son so that whenever we get home, we have mommy and and baby time until daddy gets back. And that time is gold. So I don't email. I don't text. I mean, like no one calls me. I was like, I was like, if you do, it's going to voicemail. (laughs) I was like, this is my time. I was like, he's only going to be a baby for a little bit of time. And so, and it's only an hour, hour and a half by the time we get home anyway. So I'm like, it can wait. 7.30 adults are still awake. So we can, if it's, if it's burning, I can call you back. So until he goes down, I just kind of take myself offline and that's, to me, really paid dividends in our relationship. And it's also kind of given me a lot of peace with what I think a lot of working moms have with mommy guilt. Yeah. You know, it's like I know when I'm going to have time with him and it won't be interrupted with other things. And he can count on that, too. And I think that's important to me and it's important to us as a family. So after that, it's kind of a variety of things. It could be time with my husband, catching up on one of our favorite shows or just talking for a second about how our days went, dinner together. We normally eat dinner together after the baby goes down, um, which is a nice way for us to connect without having too many interruptions. So that's something that we we try to do whenever he's in town. He travels quite a bit, mm. but, uh, but when he is home, we try to sit down and have dinner together. Well, it sounds like you have full days, but you're being pretty intentional about how they're structured. and. Um, you know, to me, it seems like a, a real key to uh, productivity in all the best senses is knowing what's important to you and structuring your day to make time for those things that are most important. I would agree with that. I'm a very passionate person by nature, and it's easy for me to throw myself into a lot of things just completely wholesale without a lot of uh, structure, you know, I'm just like, we've got to make this happen, you know, and, and, I've, and I've been guilty of work, you know, working hours longer than I should because I lose track of time because I'm enthralled with what I'm doing, but it's not always the most efficient way to use my time. And so I've been really balancing my passion with my priorities. Mm. And that's something that's really kind of changed. It's changed me, you know, it's changed the way that I work. It's changed the way that I spend my time with my family, you know, there's, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more intentional because I I see how finite certain windows of experiences are. I think the baby helps with that, but also with my husband, you know, there's windows that you won't get back this time again. And knowing that, recognizing that helps make it um, more important and hopefully a little easier to, to work on being, there in the moment where you are and not mm-hmm. letting all the other things sort of pull pull away your attention so they right. you know because it's possible to be in a room and not really be there exactly yeah exactly i've and i've definitely had that daydreaming moment where you're worried about something that happened in the office and how you're going to respond to that last email and you know is that what they really meant and you know trying yeah. to you know and you and you go away somewhere else where no one can find you yeah. um <laughs> It's, it's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can definitely understand that. Yeah. And I mean, I think for a lot of us as women, as moms, as whatever, we have the conflict 
it's very easy to be at work distracted by thinking about home things and at home distracted thinking about work things and Mm -hmm. just not be where you are, uh, you know, really in that moment. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I actually have um, the daycare that we use has a video system Mm -hmm. and I've actually banned myself from using the video unless it's like during my lunch break, Mm -hmm. because to your point, yeah, you could be everywhere else, but where you are. Yeah. The video is great for if I have a slow afternoon, which rarely ever happens, I can pop on and check, but he's great. They're great. And so I don't really need to, but it does help me to stay present when I'm at work to be at work and when I'm home to be at home. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so interesting hearing about kind of how your day goes and, and the, the competing, um, priorities and passions that you have, um, you know, every person's life is a little different, presents maybe different challenges as far as staying productive, getting the things done that really matter to her. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to, you know, managing your life and and getting the things done that you care about? I think that I I have a hard time saying no. Mm. I mean, if I'm perfectly honest, like I, I, I have the anxiety of like, what is it? The fear of missing out. FOMO. Yes. <laughs> yes. Big time fear of like FOMO, like all the way. And, um, and I think that, you know, there've been some really incredible opportunities that have kind of come across my path and, you know, they haven't always been the best timing for what's going on in my life. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes you have to have a little bit of faith that the things that should be there will be, and the things that you can move on without you know, will actually be okay. And you don't have to have the regret. If you're trying your best to utilize your talents the best you can, like, you know, you really have to be able to say like, okay, like literally everything can't fit. You know, um, there's a lot of good ideas. I mean, I'm a creative person by nature. So, you know, I'm always brimming with ideas, but all the ideas don't fit the vision and the direction of where we're going. (laughs) And so I have to edit like big time, you know, and, um, and so it becomes very important to to be okay to filter some of those additional activities or you know could be out yeah it, it it's an interesting challenge when you're a person with and, and I think this is true for a lot of us lots of different opportunities come our way how mm-hmm. do you you know the challenge is how do you decide which ones to take on and which ones to let go for now knowing that not now doesn't mean not ever but what what can I do right now how do you evaluate opportunities that come your way right now in this season of your life? Well, that's a really good question. And I, I think this is definitely a work in progress for me. So I'll speak from where I am now and kind of where I would like to be. What I'm trying to do now is to filter through the lens of, are these activities synchronous or is it taking me away from being effective from my core value, you know, for my core goals? And I think that for things that, and by synchronous, I just mean, do these things work together toward my common goal or does, or do one of these things actually pull me away from what I'm trying to do? And I think that with building the incubator, there's a lot of things that I need in terms of marketing and brand support and sponsorship and collaboration. And so there's a lot of things that fit into that story that could be potentially helpful. So whenever I get calls from 
various chambers of commerce or delegations from other countries. I, I'm like, okay, these all sound good, but some of them are more supportive than others. Like the chambers of commerce locally, although I would love to go international all the time, you know, the international component isn't really helping me build my uh, incubator here. So it's not something that I would want to spend too much of my time pursuing because it's, it really does take me away from my core goals. Um, I will be taking a trip later in the year, but it will give me time to get the rest of my program started and underway before stepping away from it for any, you know, for any length of time. I think that I would really like to be is to find a way to table the things that I am most interested in pursuing in the future and finding ways to reintegrate them back into opportunities later and being able to dictate that more clearly about when when would be a better time. Yeah. And I think sometimes we say no without the intention of what our future development will be. And then they are missed opportunities. But maybe there's a better way to say, not yet. Mm -hmm. And under these circumstances, I would love to do this. And so that the door stays open for the things that you are interested in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's an ongoing challenge for a lot of us. And it sounds like you're, you know, you're giving a lot of thought to how to work all those pieces together. You've mentioned several times that you kind of weigh new opportunities against the impact on your core goals or your core responsibilities. How do you decide what your core goals are? That's a really good question. I feel like a lot of what I believe from that space really helps me with creating some of my priorities in other spaces. Mm -hmm. It's very important to me to be a good wife, be a good mom, but also to use my talents. Mm-hmm. that I feel like I've been given. And I feel like when you've been given a lot, you need to make good on those. Mm-hmm. And so I work really hard to use them all. So I think a lot of my decision-making has to do with, okay, well, what talent is it that I think is is what God is asking me to develop right now? Yeah. And what's on my plate right now? Let me do my best to consume what's on my plate right now and trust that whenever it's time for something new, that that will shift and something new will come on. And I'll and I will work on that. And I think that that that's kind of where I've made a lot of my decision making. I think one of the things that I've also started saying to myself more often is the path of least resistance. And it's not necessarily what's the easiest thing to do, because being disciplined is really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. But the path of least resistance just for me means stop overcomplicating things and just do what you're good at. Do what's right here. And I think there's opportunities to develop other skills along the way, but it's really about using what you have in your hand and maximizing that. And so I think that that helps me. There's certain things that I'm just not as strong in and I have to rely on other people to help make that happen. So I think my decision-making point is around my faith, and my family, but also around the talents that I have. And if I'm very good at it, then I'll pursue it and utilize it. And if it's not something that's my my strongest suit, that either I'll find support to make that happen, or I'll have to say, you know, this probably isn't the best fit for me. 
Yeah. And I was trying to think as you were talking about that, where I read recently, uh, someone talking about that issue of uh, maximizing and capitalizing on your strengths rather right. than spending a lot of time and energy trying to improve your weaknesses. Right. Yes. I read that in a book that I love called The Path Redefined. Okay. Um, it's uh, Lauren, I think her name, it's Malian Bias is her last name. And I may have given you the link to that book. I It may have been, but she's young mom. Um, she's got two, two kids, but she's like a serial entrepreneur, brand developer. I mean, she's incredible. I mean, she's doing some really amazing things, but she was just talking about the power of building the right kind of team around you and then being honest about what you're good at and letting people know. So then they know what to give you to do. (laughs) And so that way you don't get saddled with the stuff that you like would take way too long to do. It wouldn't be effective. It doesn't look good because you're trying to do something that you're not good at. But if they can do something that you can knock out of the park, you know, it's like, all right, give it to someone else. who can knock the other thing out of the park. You know, now together we can be a lot more efficient and move forward. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said there um, to recognize where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. Don't beat Mm -hmm. yourself up over the weaknesses and don't spend a lot of time. I mean, we can always work to improve, but of course. But you're going to be more effective if you capitalize on your strengths rather than turning your attention to uh, to trying to to do the things that you're not so strong at and instead reaching out to other people for whom that is a strength and bringing them into the project as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that's so good. And we will definitely put a link to the book in the show notes and I've added it to my to be read list now, <laughs> which I, I love it. It's, it's a, it's, it was definitely a kind of a, a mind changer for me. Yeah. So as you are trying to accomplish the things that you do, um, going through the days that you have uh, and the various roles that you fill and, and responsibilities you have, are there any particular tools that you like or resources you recommend aside from the book that you just mentioned um, for helping you getting the, get things done? Sure. I don't have a ton of handle kind of things that I reach for, but I did actually push my husband for my Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> Michael Kors um, smartwatch. And I do not regret it. I'm telling you, I mean, I, I probably sound like a commercial. I promise you I'm not trying to be. I, I really felt like I needed, I actually felt like I needed an assistant. And I don't, you know, I, I don't have a personal assistant. I don't have an assistant at work. Um, I hired two coordinators instead of an assistant that I could have hired because um, I felt like I needed two high level people. And so the watch is my assistant right now, hmm. and I'm really glad that I got it. So it buzzes me when I've got my next c- calendar appointment. So instead of someone poking their head into your office and saying, you need to go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my, my wrist is letting me know that, you know, your next appointment's coming up in 10 minutes. You need to, you need to get out of here or, um, or having like my LinkedIn notifications come because you know, I guard my LinkedIn very carefully. That's um that's a business place for me. Um, it's not social, and so I get job leads from it. I make meaningful connections through there. I've I've been building my program with my network on LinkedIn, and so that's a huge tool that I utilize to reach people that I realize are only like maybe one degree away from people who are already in my network. That now that I'm doing this, are like, oh, that's a really interesting project you're working on. I'd like to find out more. 
And so I utilize um, my LinkedIn quite a bit, but I have it come to my my smartwatch. And mm-hmm. so it helps me to kind of stay on top of things like that. And then also like you can actually filter out which text messages go to your to your wrist and which emails come to your wrist. And so I only allow work email or um, my ninameans.com email to come to my wrist. So then I can kind of keep track of what's going on with my work. And so it, 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 if your smartwatch has your appointments on it, it's obviously syncing with a calendar, a digital calendar. What do you use for your digital calendar? So I stay in Google. Um, okay. Google's pretty seamless for all of my um, calendar needs. So I, I haven't um, ventured outside of that system because right now it's working. Um, so whether it's recurring or something that is kind of a one-off, I feel like I've got a lot of a lot of control over that. And then making sure to keep up with all the attendees for all of those meetings, it's a little bit easier for me to do that too. So I just utilize Google. It allows me to choose multiple Google accounts to go to my to my watch. And so even my ninameans.com actually runs through a Google um, suite. So, okay. Do you use just the, the sort of free Google suite of stuff or do you use G suite or whatever they're calling it these days? I utilize G suite for both what happens in what happens for Nina means as well as what happens at ACC, so Austin Community College for the Fashion Incubator. And the G Suite is really great because it gives you the cloud system as well. So all of the file sharing and everything lives in the cloud. So it doesn't junk up your email in terms of filling up your inbox and things like that. So it really kind of saves on the, the space. And it also integrates really well with like other project management software. Rike is one. It's W R I K E. We're still working on this. I don't have this one completely ironed out yet, but it's a similar, it's similar to Trello. Okay. And so it's, but Rike is being used at like L'Oreal and some other brands. I think Google also uses Rike. And it's just a way to kind of manage your team, manage your deliverables and, you know, where things are in progress. And so it just kind of helps, you know, manage that. But that's something that's definitely a working progress. It's a new way for me to work that I think has a lot of potential as our, as our program grows. So I'm working on mastering that one because I think that that's going to be kind of next level for us. And so that is your project manager, your task manager. Do you have any sort of separate personal to-do list or, or task management tool? Normally I love a good old fashioned handwritten list with check boxes. Like yeah. I just, there's something about writing it down and checking it off of my hands that just still feels very gratifying. I know that that part of it is becoming more and more passe. And I, you know, I have the checklist on my phone, but for some reason people have talked about this before, but there's that like handwriting memory mm-hmm. that comes with it yeah, <laughs> that I don't get when I tap it into my phone and I need that part. Yeah. And so I still write things down with my hands and it anchors it into my brain. Yeah. And so I, I still do that. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there is something very satisfying about checking something off, you know, mm-hmm. a, a list that isn't quite as, isn't quite as satisfying when you do it online. I mean, my task management system is digital, but when you click it, it just goes away and you don't get to see it. (laughs) I want to see it there checked off. I did that. (laughs) They should do that. Like they should, like they they need to like put us all in a room and have a focus group and say, does it bother you that your checkbox goes away? And I'm like, yes, because I don't have a victory dance whenever like, when it's, (laughs) 
it's like it's gone and I, there's no celebration of the done thing. Yeah, know? absolutely. Well, I love that. Um, and I'll, we'll put a link to Reich in the, the show notes for people to check out. I haven't looked at that, although I have seen, I think because I'm a productivity nerd and the, the ethernet knows Ether knows that I am. I've seen seen like promos for Reich in my Facebook news feed. Mm -hmm. So so I'll check that out. Well, Nina, we've talked a lot about the things that you have done, the things you are currently doing, that you're, you know, developing an approach to life and, and to your responsibilities that works for you. And you have the tools in place, you're building a team professionally to, to keep things going. But I have to ask because I ask every guest with all the thought you've given to this and the processes that you're following and the tools that you're putting in place. Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? That's a very good question. It's interesting that we're having this conversation now because it's been such a it's been a challenging week. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of things that have, you know, distracted me professionally, you know, emotionally, personally, you know, there's just, there've been a lot of additional distractions and I think that Honestly, it got to the point where last night, I think I just needed to, I put the baby down and I have a little office upstairs in my house. And I, you know, just took time and said, you know, let me just, let me just clear the space. Let me just not literally taking everything out of the room, but just straightening up, you know, putting things back in order, easier for me to think whenever things feel a little bit more organized. And I just had to kind of, you know, once I had cleared the space to some improved level of organization, because I am a creative, things seem to kind of get to their places. I just had to sit for a minute and really think about, okay, what's important to me? Mm. What is it? How do I want to be spending my time? Where does this need to go? Um, How am I managing my, my responsibilities? Am I giving myself time to pursue the things that I love? Um, do the people that I love have the what they need from me? I, I just needed to have a moment to just be introspective mm. and take a few deep breaths and then focus on some positive things. You know, I was like, okay, well, what's going well? Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes whenever you're in these like shifting places, it can be easy to focus on the problems as opposed to focusing on what around you is actually going exceptionally well. And so, you know, we had an amazing grand opening um last week for the grand for the fashion incubator you know we've been getting a lot of amazing press locally we had a really successful event yesterday thinking about okay that's going well my team rock solid they're learning what they're here to do in their own areas within the department um my son is healthy and happy and loves to cuddle with mommy and you know so my husband is doing really well at what he does and so you just kind of like going through like all of your blessings yeah. Things that you can be grateful for and then get some rest mm-hmm. and try it again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. yeah. those are great. You know, sometimes that's just what it comes down to. Take a minute to recognize what's going well, because I think a lot of times when those, when 
things get away from you, when you have those bad days, those bad weeks, whatever it is, I think we, part of what happens is we get into this spiral of only seeing everything that's not going right, everything that's wrong, everything that's hard, every, you know, where, where we think we're failing and taking a moment like you described to think, all right, what's going well? I'm obviously not the loser that I've <laughs> imagined in my mind because right. this is going well, this <laughs> is going well. And for me, it was always as what, what you just mentioned. Well, my kids still love me. So, right. <laughs> Something must be okay. I love to be a decent individual. That, that, no. Yeah. Now, no. <laughs> so that makes up for a lot. But taking, taking a minute to be grateful for those good things things in your life, and then getting some rest. You know, sometimes that's all it comes down to. Uh, So I love that. That's great, great (laughs) advice and a great approach. So Nina, what's on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up that professionally or personally that you're excited about looking forward to? Well, um, professionally, um, we're working on, we've got a construction project to, to finish up for the branded studios for the designer in residence program. It's part of our incubation period that they go through with us. We are working on pulling together a designer call that'll be happening later this summer with some of our local industry. And so that'll help us find the next, you know, the next scalable businesses that'll be coming into our program in September. Um, Personally, you know, I'll be working on some additional product for Nina Means. So I've actually scheduled time to take away to to work on that and to develop new product and to be testing new product with my customer. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to bringing that back out later this year. But it's definitely it's a, it's a step-by-step process. I'm just looking forward to being able to not, it's not really about doing it all. It's just about being at peace with what is happening in the moment and to be excited about what's coming in the future, you know, to not worry about it, but to really say, you know, this is, this is the wonderful thing today. And then something else wonderful will take its place in the future. That's great. Uh, Where can people connect with you online, Nina, if they want to hear more or see more about what you're doing or ask you questions, where's the best place for them to find you? The best place to find me is on Instagram. I do share across my life in that one space. So at Nina Means USA on Instagram is really the best place to see me posting about my family, about the brand, about the fashion incubator. Um, It all kind of converges in that one space. Okay. And then your website is and then the for, website. Yeah, yeah, for the fashion, <laughs> for your designs and your label. Absolutely. And I do suggest uh, folks check it out because there's some pretty stuff I've got. I've got my eye on there. So thank you. Thank you. That's on at ninameans.com. Yeah. And if somebody's interested in what you're doing at the fashion incubator, how do they find out more about that? If you want to follow us on our Instagram or Twitter, we post there all the time for all of those updates. Um, it's at ACC Fashion Incubator. Or you can follow us, um, check out our website, and that's www.austincc.edu backslash fashion incubator. Okay. So you can find out all the things we're doing regarding courses and workshops, master classes, designer in residence, 
all of it's there. So there may be a, a budding fashion designer listening who uh, might be a potential student. I would love to see them, please. We are seriously, we, we welcome everyone and we're really excited to be able to be so part of the community. So yes, if you're a budding fashion designer, or if you want to be a budding fashion designer, <laughs> come see us. We'd love to, we'd love to, um, we'd love to have you. That's excellent. And we'll put links to all those things in the show notes so folks can find it all in one place there. So this has been such a delight to talk with you about all the things you're going on and the the wisdom you've got to share from from your journey. Uh, Before we go, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in getting things done and making a life that matters? What would you say to her? I would say, you know, find your tribe. Find your core of women who are your cheerleaders or men, you know, but we're talking to the ladies today. So um, find your tribe of people who keep you motivated and inspired. There are going to be some days where you don't feel like it or some days where it's harder to pick yourself up. And you just need if you're the cheerleader, you need another cheerleader for you. And I know that I've needed that myself and I tend to be that for others. I tend to dream up. I dream a lot for other people and I'm like, oh, and it could be this and it can be great, you know, but you need someone else who's willing to pour into you that way too. Yeah. And I would say, I I think that's a great bit of advice. And for those women who listen to this podcast, keep in mind that we have the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. That's a private group for women who listen to this podcast. And one of the things I love about it is the support and encouragement that women give each other in that group that I love that. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It's my favorite place on the internet because, you know, women will come in and share, ask a question, talk about something that they're kind of struggling with. And before I can get there to give any feedback, women from all over the world are jumping in with suggestions of, Hey, this is what's worked for me. Or have you considered this? Or, you know, you've got this, go for it. And so it's a great place. And well, uh, there's a link in the show notes for, for this episode and most episodes where you can uh, find out how to join the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. So uh, to, to Nina's point of finding your tribe, you might find a cheerleader in that group. So perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nina, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Uh, it, this has really been a delight and I appreciate it very much. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking with Nina, and I'm very thankful to her for taking the time to share with us her thoughts on how she manages her life, for her great suggestions, her encouraging words and ideas for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions or comments about the things that Nina and I talked about? You can share those in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 245 Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you're a member there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And of course, we've shared with you how you can get in touch with Nina as well. I want to take just a quick minute to remind you that uh, if you're interested in being more productive in the typing that you do, visit textexpander.com 
slash podcast for 20% off your first year of Text Expander. And thank you so much to Text Expander for supporting The Productive Woman. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me and with Nina. I hope you found something in it that has been helpful to you or encouraging. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Thank you.